content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan, and we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. It does matter. And I just have to say, again, I really just adore Jen and and love hearing her talk. She has this voice that is just so soothing and so just calming. I mean, I I just love how she describes Silas. And, you know, he is really one lucky kid, don't you think? I do. I do. She, you know, it's obvious that she is very careful about Mm -hmm. how his life rolls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she might be small in stature, but that's a mama bear. I wouldn't want to wrestle with it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That is such a true statement. So for listeners in part two, you're going to learn more about Silas and hear Jen's inspiring perspective that maybe some of you might not have thought of. So enjoy. You know, we were talking before we started about COVID and yeah, everything, and you shared something that we wanted to yeah. have you repeat because <laughs> it was really stellar. Well, I... I said, you know, there's parts of this experience which were, you know, you can't go to restaurants and you can't go into public places and that were already very natural for us, that we (laughs) were already having those limited experiences. Um, So I I had just made a joke about the fact that, uh, I mean, COVID was for being off schedule and being home from school Mm -hmm. and being out of routine. All of that was very difficult, but for not high-level social situations, <laughs> it wasn't that different for us. It's not been that big of an adjustment. But with and a little co- of welcome to my world, right, kind little, of. Yeah, it's a, the rest of the world is seeing what yeah. we experience. Yeah, yeah. when they're the saying, oh, you can't go to restaurants, you can't go out, you can't do mm-hmm. this. And you're like, well, welcome to my world. This yeah, is absolutely. my life, people. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. Um, what's something lately that is a cool accomplishment that you are you get excited to think about for Sai? Yeah. Um he is currently starting to comment spontaneously on things. Cool. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and he's also showing comprehension verbally answering yes or no okay. as opposed to for a long time it was just no to yeah. everything. Yeah. Um so just I think that that's a pretty big accomplishment. Can you give an example of like a comment that he's made? Um, let's see. Like, will he say mom's car or grandpa's truck? Or? Well, I mean, he'll say those things. He'll refer to yeah. like mommy car go bye bye, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. But maybe like we're walking and say that's a flower. Oh, nice. Like an actual, uh, actual a comment, yeah. a, a spontaneous comment that's about fantastic. something. So as opposed to just a need. Or a right, want. Right, yeah. So yeah. Uh, something that would be more considered conversation. Yeah, commenting yeah. is a huge skill. Yeah. Because yeah. usually it is just taking care of my, so my that's wants it, and needs. Th- yeah, so that's it's, huge. It's, that's new for us, like ha- commenting, I guess. That's a great And yeah, you think exactly about that, he, you know, he he's probably had all that language in him. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously if he can write to you and those Absolutely. kind of things. Yeah. But to hear it now him being able to coordinate it and get it out is and be appropriate. Is big deal. Yes. And on yeah. Top, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's a that's definitely a big deal. I think though, for honestly, every day that he can go to school and be in and out of classrooms and transition. Yes. Like that's huge. Yeah. The 
he to me every day is accomplishing huge things. Oh Absolutely, gosh. getting yeah. on the bus, yes. and sitting down. Yep. To, to me, all of that is a huge accomplishment because I go back to this world, these schools. Nobody, nobody's yes. built. It's not built for him. Yeah. So the fact that he gets up and does it yeah. every oh, oh day, it is a big accomplishment. That's a big accomplishment because yeah. I cannot. I cannot say at this point in my life, if I had to go back and live the way that he he does, that I would do it. I'm sorry. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, there I, are, for children what? on the spectrum, there are social issues usually, I mean, or, or difficulties, communicative difficulties and sensory difficulties. And every single day he has to get up and go to right. a place where all day long all there day long. will be communicative demands, social demands, and sensory demands. And, and so some level of unpredictability as absolutely. well, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that term presumed competence. Mm. And, you know, it reminds me of this old, this old theory by Mark... Gold, I believe was his name, or Goldman. And he talked about competence deviance. It was a hypothesis, competence deviance hypothesis. And he said, you know, for whatever reason in our society, the more competent you are, the more deviant Hmm. society allows you to be. Albert Mm -hmm. Einstein, Mm -hmm. he didn't brush Mm -hmm. his hair and he wore his pajamas to school. But the less competent, not to say that that Silas is a pilot, but you know what I'm saying, the less deviant we allow. Right. And so that whole term of presumed well, competence. Well, and it's, it's yeah, seeming, it's seeming, uh, seeming competence. Too. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so because he seems less competent. It just makes then, me crazy. Yeah. It makes me crazy. Yeah. And I— Because we will go into a classroom and observe a student— and the teacher will be complaining. He he can't do this. Bar- he blurts out all the time, and seven other kids blurt out while we're there, right. and we're like, "What about those other seven kids? Are we not worried about them? Why are we picking?" Right. Yeah. Get, right. We get off, I could get on a whole huge soapbox, but you know, I think that's important for everybody yeah. to assume competence yep. for everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, So I'm curious, you mentioned transitions in school and a school day and things. What kind of programs, what kind of classrooms is he in? He's inclusive. However, he does get pulled out yeah. for direct instruction Good. as well. And he's got a one-on-one. He's okay. got a He's got a support. So when he was younger, because of his literary skills, what he had— when he was younger, he was able to be pretty much fully inclusive. And now as we've gotten older, there's more of a divide in his academic skills. So sure. now he has to spend uh, more time in, this, in the special education. Is that classroom. like, a, do they call that a resource classroom or do they have a name for it? Um, I'm Honestly, I don't. That's what it's, it is. It's special ed. But, yeah. yeah okay. But I don't know what yeah. the, the, there's there. several different terms for several different ones. Yes. That, yes. That, that's essentially what it is. He does get pulled out for yeah. more direct instruction. Good. And that's that's good, meeting his needs. Yeah, absolutely. We always want to, we, we hope that teachers are listening. We hope that people working with individuals on the spectrum are listening. Do you have a piece of advice? Well, you said the presumed confidence, yeah, which I think is huge. huge. But another piece. Um, I think for um, teachers and therapists and for, I, I think for, when anyone's honestly dealing with any child, mm-hmm. that you may be trying to figure out how to reach them, choosing to follow their interests <laughs> and the things Correct. that they are passionate about exactly. is a wonderful place to start. To start, and so, and I know a lot of a lot of teachers already do that, but 
I think starting with something that they already love and are naturally gravitating towards can unlock huge huge doors you're um, a, you're a, you're a behaviorist at heart you are and you uh, i don't know about that but no, you are i'm telling you <laughs> perhaps you silas has taught you that yes <laughs> you mentioned that he likes to draw what does he like to draw well right now he i think the most recent thing that he blew my mind with is he he can take like a like a video that he's watching it and almost project it like, it almost looks like a projection. He's able to draw like that. But what he originally used to do was paint before he had really any verbal skills whatsoever is he would paint a lot. And he doesn't do it anymore, so that kind of kills me. But oh, well, he for a while he up. was making really ex- beautiful, expressive paintings of all these intense colors. and like I, abstract? Abstract, yeah. And I, I think— that was his way of some form, you know, some form yeah. of communication before. That's so fine. He, he might pick it up again, but the drawing, I mean, that's awfully fine too that he can yeah. take he's it. He's not as, I mean, he does it. It's really funny because I would have him do it all the time because what, especially being in the music industry, yeah. the arts are much kinder to neurodivergent individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, they're everywhere. They're, yeah. You walk yeah. over this building, I know several, you know. Yep. And I do, yep. I, I personally do struggle with, or struggle, di- I don't, I won't call it struggle, but I'm diagnosed OCD and ADHD myself. I'm neurodivergent. So, Same. and there's several, <laughs> there's a couple of others in this very building. And um, Same. so in the arts, you will find, mm-hmm. um it's a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. of um, these beautiful different brain types. It's so, kinder. Yeah. It's so more, it's, I'm like, go ahead, chase chase these, are, you know, yeah. ch- ch- chase the artistic because I, I know how to help you navigate some <laughs> yes, of that totally, better. Totally. Like, the, the arts is very com- – that, that area is comfortable so fine. for me. You know, we have an interview with Jackie later, and I was telling her how impressed I was with her motto of inclusivity, you know, and – including all cultures, all genders, mm-hmm. all sexual, uh, you know, I don't know if sexuality is the right word, but genders, um, women, you know, it's just, I can tell that this is just a, a very nurturing right. field to be in where you would think education would be nurturing, which they are, but I I think well, I think we're just on the cusp of I, yeah. the neurodiverse movement. I think part of that is... Because so much is evidence-based. And whatever's evidence-based is whatever's going to be researched. And so at that point, they're only teaching what's already been covered. And yep. so I think hopefully yeah. we part of this is going to be further research and also the idea of looking at the research that's been done or expanding it with minds that are neurodiverse mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, as far as even changing the curriculum for ABA Thank and you. these things, that having someone on the spectrum can be yes. looking at these same situations because me looking and determine—and I'm, I'm a little more neurodiverse maybe than some, yeah. but a non-neurodiverse brain looking at the behavior mm-hmm. of an autistic individual— and then making a judgment or an assumption about it when they themselves are not a neurodiverse brain. We've got a slight, we've got a problem here, guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, 100%. We, we, it, I mean, it, it, we have a slight issue in yeah. that 
the whole the whole thing like as far as how we're looking at this because the per research was mm-hmm. all neurotypical people doing right. research. Doing research. Yeah. And I so mean, those, maybe. those yeah. determinations are going to be somewhat Skewed. projections. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I have a question yes. because I heard you use the terms, and I, I, I've heard other people use both terms. So you had talked about you are a neuro, neurodivergent person because mm-hmm. of the OCD and it's ADHD, and I am right there also. with you. <laughs> um, but also you talked about neurodiversity. So mm-hmm. can you give our listeners kind of a, a rule of thumb when to use what word, or are they interchangeable? I think they're kind of an I hope they're interchangeable. <laughs> well, I, I do too. I mean, but I hear I think neuro. Yeah, I I do too. I hope they're somewhat interchangeable. And the funny thing is, um, and if they're not, listener, you can comment on social media and let us know. I love to be corrected. Actually, I do too. (laughs) And um, and in fact, I was really lucky um, last year to spend some time in. um, I don't know if you guys were familiar when Clubhouse came out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I spent a lot of time in a chat. Mm-hmm. Called uh, for for neuro neurodiverse women, I think uh-huh. is what they what it was, and they even said they even prefer the term neurodistinct ah, over neurodivergent. It's ah, a new one because ah. diver like deviating, yeah. diverging from the norm, still is saying that there is more of a, a norm. norm. Yeah, is a, is that much okay. of a norm? But okay, that's good. Um, something to think about. I mean, I, I do think our language should morph over time as right. we begin to understand what does that what does that sound like to you? You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I would like to have diverse learning. You absolutely. know, I like my learning to be quite diverse. So I would say neurodiverse doesn't sound to me, but. <laughs> And but divergent, it, yeah, I, I I really like that neurodistinct, and I think you're right. I gotta know, you know, because I'm all about what is what is what do people want me to say? Being correct, Absolutely. you know, what and do you I, want and me to I say? Appre- and I and um and I don't know how you. I mean, obviously, y'all have heard me saying autistic here today too, which sometimes you're going to hear people that aren't I, aren't with that. And my take on it, my personal take, I would love to know this. Yeah, is I first and foremost. I don't think the word needs to be demonized at all because this is not— It doesn't. Right. And so the people that compare it to like an affliction or say, well, we don't say you're a cancerous person. Well, cancer kills you. Autism is how your brain works. Autistic. So first and foremost. But the other side of that is if Silas one day decides he would rather refer to himself as someone with autism, that will be his decision. Mm -hmm. For right now— Nothing that I ever want to say to him or about him for him to have any kind of negative association or connotation with it. Because so therefore you are autistic and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. I love it. And so that's why why I choose to do that. I take my cues from people who have autism that prefer to be called autistic. We have had this conversation. And I think that that's really important. It is it's, very important. Because it, it's really funny. The people that run into me, run, run bump heads with me, are usually people in the educational <laughs> field. Who, which are, is, who are neurotypical. Absolutely. And and they are trying to be safe and protect everybody, and I people understand first. that. But I now, as a parent, and I, I encourage, which is funny to say as I'm sitting here with two BCBAs. No, you're good. Um, but I encourage— parents to spend time learning 
what autistic individuals say. Right. About exactly. all of it. I agree with about you. About all of it. What from therapies to what's going on and there's not enough of that going on. I it, agree. We it's, absolutely it's, agree. It's emerging. It, well, it and it I'm an autism mom, yeah. right? And I don't even like to say that anymore because there's from the autism community, right. there's become such a negative association mm-hmm. with what an quote unquote autism mom is as well. And so I'm trying to completely keep myself open and, that, yeah. and learn and you know, recognize that just be, because I, I've done research to this way or this yeah. way. And Jen, I, I completely agree. And that's, you know, we had this conversation last night after dinner because I hear, I've heard some people comment on their dislike for certain national organizations, international organizations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've heard people who are autistic say, I am autistic. You know, yeah. and that's, and so you're right. Let's listen to what the people are saying who have it right. versus the educator who, of course, we want to be people first, you know, and, and I respect that and love that. But let's, let's, let's ask people like you. Right. What do you want us to call yourself? Or you know, person on the spectrum. Or someone who's as autism. the person. Yes. The autistic yeah. person. Yeah. I think they call it, that identity first language. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, God. Yeah, you're teaching person. me so much today. <laughs> well, and I do think that. I think it was neurotypical people that came up with people first language. Absolutely. Right. You know, of course. Out they of did. respect. <laughs> it was out of, you know, out of showing respect, but when someone who is autistic says I'm autistic. I don't want to be a person with autism, I am autistic, yeah. then we, we have to respect that. that. Yeah. I also know we need to respect your time. I do. I know. I'm sorry. I saw you just looked at your watch (laughs) and I was like, like, oh my gosh, we've taken so much of your time. But Jen, you've taught me so many new things today. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because I love to learn. And I know Sissy does too. Mm, And this is such a passion of arts to have the podcast and to have people like you on to talk about real life and real stuff. And um, in such an eloquent way, in such an eloquent and well spoken and beautiful, articulate way. So, thank you so much. And um, we appreciate you. you. We really do. And this was great. And I'm so thrilled that I met you. I feel (laughs) like I've met some royalty here. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You know, I think that people listening to this are are going to learn so much. You know, we value parents' perspectives. You and I do so very much. And some of the most important things I've learned about interacting with people who have autism have been from parents. Yeah. You do that 24 hour, you know, a day, seven days a week, and you're going to come up with some solutions and you're going to come up with a perspective that people like me who don't do it 24 seven couldn't have. Um, And I so appreciate Jen and what she brought to the podcast. And, you know, Sissy, one of the things that she talked about was some terminology. And I I thought it was so cool where she talked about people using the terms neurodivergent, neurodiverse and neurodistinct. And so this is kind of a complicated question. So you got to listen. But and again, this isn't necessarily a BCBA test question, but I think it's something very timely to talk about in terms of neurodivergent people or neurodiverse people. So which of the following statements is true? A, groups are neurodivergent, individuals are neurodiverse. B, individuals are neurodistinct, groups are neurodivergent. C, groups are neurodiverse, 
individuals are neurodivergent or D, none of the above? That is a very complicated question. You're right. And without having talked with Jen, I probably would mess that one up a little bit. And and Um, the reason I wanted to make that clarification is because we talked to her about, you know, which is the right thing to say, you know, when we talked about, are they exchangeable? You know, are they, are they similar? Do they mean the same thing? And so I did a little bit of research and realized that they are dissimilar. And so, yeah, Yeah. C was the answer there. I will say this back up because neurodistinct was one of the options. And I really love Mm -hmm. that word because it really conveys a concept of we are each really neurodistinct, each mm-hmm. of us. And that kind of, you know, so yes, that person on the spectrum has very distinct neuro needs and we should be thinking about that. But the, the best answer uh, to the ones that you listed was C. So um, groups are neurodiverse, individuals are neurodivergent or individuals are also neurodistinct. And yeah. so when you're talking about a group, it's a neurodiverse group or a neurodivergent or neurodistinct person. So as always, friends, um, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Jen. We've got another great interview coming up. And as always, please like, subscribe, or share on social media or on your podcast app that you're listening to. And we hope you have a great weekend and we will talk with you or to you very soon. Take care. Mm -hmm. Thanks again. Bye, guys.